Blog Talk Radio. This is Saida Garrett, and I'm tuned in to Intro to Info with my girl, Makisha. You are listening to Intro to Info with your host, Makisha from D.C. That's me, open-minded, business-minded, spiritual, a little hood, and very nerdy and down-to-earth. And Queen of Hearts from Florida. She's so ladylike, family-oriented, quick-witted, and a real pillar in her community. On our platform, we discuss anything imaginable, but we talk a lot of pop culture, current events, and speak on our personal life experiences. We interview fantastic guests with unique stories, and Lord knows we just have organic fun. And check this out. If you want to join in on the fun, call in at 515-605-9376. We are live on Saturdays from 9 to 10 p.m. EST on the J. King Network. If you are an info for info, tune in to Intro to Info. Well, hello. Hello to everybody listening live or via the archives podcast. Welcome to this episode of Intro to Info. I'm your host, Makisha Best, broadcasting live from the Washington, D.C. area. Today is February 10th, 2024, and I'm really glad that you could join us, man, seriously. Um, my co-host should be coming in soon. Uh, I know Queen of Hearts had an event today, and uh, Sam should also be here shortly. So, yeah, we're on the J. King Network, and in addition to my show, there are a bunch of other fantastic shows that I suggest that you listen to to entertain yourself. The other day I was listening to the J. King show, like cleaning out my room. Podcasts are great things to listen to as you do other things. Or you could listen and take everything in and not do anything. You'll probably get more out of it that way. But all that said, I'm very, very delighted to talk to our special guest today. Her name is Reagan Scott, and she's a recent graduate of Prairie View. Here's her bio. Um, Reagan Scott uh, recently graduated from Prairie View A&M University with a Bachelor of Science in Biology and a minor in Chemistry. She's always been passionate about health care, and her dream job is to become a doctor. Throughout college, she also played soccer and participated in many organizations. She is excited to take on new challenges and opportunities, and she pursues her career goals. Reagan, I'm going to take you off of mute so that we can converse. Hey, girl, thank you for giving us an hour of your time this evening. Hello. Thank you so much for introducing me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Look, so I plugged this show, right, to my students at Howard, and I showed them your bio. They was like, this best she cute. Y'all have fun. Tell her hey. So how? <laughs> Said to tell you, hey, girl. <laughs> Thank you from HBCU Love over here. <laughs> right, that's right. All right, great, great. So you just finished with your undergraduate degree. Do I have that correct? Yes, I just graduated last May, twenty twenty three. Twenty three. Okay, great. And so, what have you been doing since you graduated? So since I graduated, I um, actually participated in an internship uh, at UNC College of Medicine. So that was a good experience last summer. 
Um, and then after that, I took my MCAT, which is a dreaded experience for most pre-meds, but I was able to get it done. Um, <laughs> and now I just started a new position working as a medical assistant at a term- dermatology clinic. So I'm super excited about that. Great. So you've been productive since you graduated. You didn't, did you just not take any type of break and just went straight through after you graduated? You know, (laughs) pretty much, pretty much. (laughs) Because, Reagan, I'll tell you, me being a senior advisor at Howard, you guys take so many different paths once you graduate. So it's important to ask and not assume that you guys are all going to go into the workforce, right, or all going to go into graduate school or all going to take a break. The pathways are so different, right? So it's just that's right. why I asked you that because I don't know what they're going to. They, some of them want to go international and not come back, right? So it's just it's, it's a surprise whenever I get an answer from them. They say, well, what are your plans? Oh, some of them say they don't know. And that's when we have to, the world have to stop, and I have to be like, no, we got to have a conversation, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I'm glad that you your plan was to continue to, um, continuing to be implemented after you graduated. So I want to go back. I want to start with um, when you began at Prairie View A&M, and all right, because the HBCU world rating, all right. I hear about the good times. There's so many fantastic times that are just immeasurable. But there are also the set of challenges that come with HBCUs. And so it it can be a spectacle. So (laughs) so, so, while um, financial aid, for example, okay, I hear that that is one department that really takes y'all blood pressure up. Was that mm-hmm. the case for you? You navigate yes. financial aid. You know, unfortunately, yes. Um, it's definitely an experience. You know, you have to you have to stay on top of it. You have to communicate. You have to, you know, call a million times if you have to. Um, but luckily, I was equipped. You know, I feel like we all kind of prepare each other for what to expect. And so... Um, luckily, I had a community to help me navigate those struggles. That's good. And I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, you being in uh, STEM, I know your parents don't take any issue with you being in STEM because I'll tell you this as an advisor, I have, I've, I've had to fight with some of my students' parents, not fight physically, but kind of go back and forth because they say, there's no money in journalism. There's no money in the arts. I don't want my child majoring in that. I want them to do STEM because I'm an engineer. And I I see a lot of parents um, uh, with their vision for their children, and they say, this is what you're going to do, right, without Mm -hmm. asking the child, is that your interest in the first place? But you lucked out because I'm I'm, I'm, – guessing, but I'm guessing your family is okay with the route that you're going down. Tell me more. (laughs) Yes. I mean, you know, I've always been ambitious. Like, I'm a Virgo, so I kind of have came out the womb ambitious and telling them what my goals are going to be, and they just kind of go along with it, like, yep, she knows what she wants to do. Um, You know, so they're pretty hands-off. When I was 10 years old, actually, that's when I decided I wanted to be a Division one athlete in the first place, and they were like, yep, go on right ahead, you know, and I completed that, and I decided when I was in high school that I wanted to be a doctor, that I wanted um, 
to go down this path. And so they know that whatever I say, I'm going to put my mind to, they know I'm going to do it. And so they just kind of watch from the sidelines and cheer me on, just let me handle business pretty much. <laughs> so, Regan, are you a self-starter? A self-starter? Yeah, you don't need people to say you got to get up and do your work. You got to, you, you know, you got two days to the test. You you push yourself and motivate yourself. Oh yes, a hundred percent. And like I said, like I don't know, it's always it's just always been like that uh, for the most part. You know, it's funny because my brother he's kind of more relaxed and chill. Like oh, like it'll get done, you know. And I'm just super, you know, wide. I'm like nope, I gotta get up, I gotta do it. Uh, and I've always been kind of stressed about my future. Uh, even when I was a child. So, yes, I've always tried to get after it. Ooh, I'm glad you said that, and I'm glad that you mentioned that you're a Virgo because that's one of my favorite subjects is Zodiac. But it's a pattern that I'm seeing with Virgo. I just heard what you said about you knew what you wanted to do from young and you started to put your plan in place from when you were a child. I see so many Virgos who are visionaries. Like they already mm-hmm. have this foresight of what they want, and they and they take the steps to get there. And you guys don't miss a beat. You are very analytical. You, from A to Z, you could, like I said, you could probably do it yourself, right? I mean, we all get somewhere with the help of somebody, but by and large, regular probably was like, I know that this and that. I see that so much when I study Virgos that you guys just, you see, you have the vision and you go into into it and it comes out just how you want it. Right, you know, and I'm usually not a zodiac person, but I mean, it's that's the only way to explain it. You know, I've I've literally had a planner since I was like eight, like have had a physical planner, and I have not, I could not live without it. And some people don't need a planner, some people don't need to write things down, but I always have at least my next three months blocked out. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's very good, and. People don't understand how much of a life hack planning is in the first place, how it will just save you time, and if you know what needs to be done and how much time you have to do it and you just do a little bit at a time, it's such a life hack, and it cuts down on a lot of stress that people go through. Now, some people do better when they are in the last minute, right? They That's when they are at their best. But that different strokes for different right. folks. But I tend right. to believe that the, the the average person probably would do better if they just work to just do a little bit at a time. Mhm. Yeah, like planning. I feel like, especially being an athlete, being a pre med, um, it's it's demanding. Um, and so planning was the thing that that was the only way it could work. I had to have time management. I had to be good at communicating because. You have practices, you have games, you have tests, you have internships. Um, so you have to be able to keep up with it, you know, And because you have to, in order to be a doctor, I have to get these things done. I have to get the experience that I need and do well in my classes. But also if I want to perform well in the field um, and be good there, then I have to give my all at practice and make sure if I do miss a practice, like I'm making that up. And then, you know, keeping up with your coaches, your professors, making sure everybody's on the same page. And so, you know, that's that's kind of the only way to make it happen. 
Yeah, I get that. I get that. Now, more on Prairie View. That's a HBCU I know some things about. I know they had a couple of celebrities who I love who graduated from Prairie View. But how um, big of a how many students do you guys have roughly? I would say probably it's been growing. Probably about though right now, probably like eight thousand. It's been growing though. Every single year, it's getting bigger. Honestly. Good, 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 good. And what made you select that school? So actually, so I originally did not start out at Prairie View. I actually started out at a PWI. Um, I played soccer at this school called the University of Central Arkansas, and that I I, I ended up transferring to Prairie View after one semester, um, which is one of the best decisions of my life. But what <laughs> intrigued me about Prairie View was they have a a program called the Undergraduate Medical Academy, and I kind of found out about it. I went on a visit there when I was in high school around sophomore year, and they had mentioned something about this program. Um, and so that always kind of, like, stood out to me. I always knew, like, in the back of my mind, like, okay, if I want to transfer, like, I know it's gonna, I want to go to Prairie View. Um, and I also had a couple of friends playing on the team there as well. And so after a semester at my other school, I kind of felt like my career wasn't going to take off the way I wanted it to, like as far as being a pre-med and doing the things that I wanted to do. And so I was like, I need to go to Prairie View to be around people that can help me get to where I want to be. Um, so, yeah, that's how I ended up at Prairie View pretty much. That's so right. That's so right. Um, and are you? where are you from? So I was actually born in Beaumont, but then I lived in Houston, like, when I was a kid. Uh, and then I moved to New Mexico for, like, eight years, <laughs> just in the middle of my life. And then I moved back to Houston, and that's where I am currently. Houston so is busted. I would say. Reagan, all right, so that's one of the things that a lot of my um, prospective graduates are wanting to do. They want to move to Houston. I said, okay, now, you know what Atlanta is? It's bustling black town. Houston is <laughs> on its bumper, right? So mm-hmm. they, like, they, I know, but that's one of the most popular answers. I want to go to Houston and make a life. So what, what would you say to that student who's about to, after they graduate this May, they want to come to Houston and get a job and find their mate and live, okay? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I love Houston, and I don't even feel like I'm biased because I've been to so many different places, and I love Houston, and I think it's so diverse. I think it's perfect. Um, you know, I, I absolutely love it. And honestly, what I tell people is that in Houston, you can have – it all. You can have whatever you want. There's something for everybody, like literally. And the cost of living is great. You know, I, I'm not complaining. The cost of living is great. Um, you know, you can do really well here. So, but I love Houston. Okay, good. And and guess what? I'm going to use this as a soundbite for my students who say, "Oh, when I go to Houston, well, I'm like, I just talked to my Houston and said, go ahead and have fun." So good, 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 good. You guys, if you're just tuning in, you're tuning in to Intro to Info with your host, Makisha, broadcasting live from the D.C. area. If you're listening via the link and you have a question or a comment, dial us at 515-605-9376. We're talking to Reagan Scott, who just completed her undergraduate degree. She's on the pre-med track. She just took her MCAT. And I'm going to stop right there because I want to know more about your matriculation as a STEM student, particularly a a um, pre-med student, because um, unless 
I don't know, the sciences and the math come natural to you. I'm guessing that you faced your set of challenges academically. Like, were the classes hard? Did you, did were you able to get through it fairly easily? Talk to me about just how you fared academically as you matriculated. Yeah, so, you know, STEM classes can definitely be challenging. Um, luckily, I did have a really good foundation going into college just because of my, you know, preparation during high school, and I, you know, just naturally like science specifically. I was really, I was always really interested in chemistry and physics and biology. So, you know, I really like those classes already. Um, they're not everybody's favorite classes, uh, right? You know, but <laughs> right. So I, I can fully understand that. But yeah, going to college. Um, what I will say though is that there's so many resources. Like, you know, if you are struggling with something there's the professors are so helpful like they're always willing to help you um the peer tutoring center which i ended up working at later on during college um you know where you get to be tutored by peers from people that actually took the classes um and so Mm -hmm. especially since our majors the biology and chemistry majors are so small and kind of close knit you always will have support even if you are struggling um so I think my toughest my toughest class was probably this class called um, molecular biology, and I did really well in the class, but it definitely gave me a run for my money. I had to really study hard, and plus I was in season taking this class, um, and it was just a really really demanding class. But I came to actually really love it, and I took the second part of that class, and also just ended up loving the professor as well. Um, like, but everybody's just so helpful. So. You know, even if you struggle, like we all struggle at some point, but we also all pick each other up. So that's kind of the thing I like the most about it. That's good. That's good. So, and I'm guessing that because of the small classes, um, you got more time with the instructor than you otherwise would have with a larger class. Yeah. I mean, you know, of course, like I think of the beginning classes, like the intro chemistry will probably have like, 50 students, but as you get more and more into your major, the classes are smaller, and all the professors, like, they all have an open-door policy. Like, you can literally walk into their office, and they're, like, always available, you know, so, um, like, it's never, it's never an issue. As a soccer player as well, you had to travel, too, I'm guessing, regularly while you did your mm-hmm. academics. Yes. Man. Oh, look, 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 look. Okay, good. Because everybody, okay, some of them students in that band, some of them students on that football team, they they are not able to balance both. And I'm like, oh, why does your transcript say F-U-C? Like, what is, what, what is that? Oh, oh, I, it, I just, you prioritizing everything but to school. And I see it, Reggie, so kudos to you for me being able to balance that. Very good. Um. Um, see where our campus is full of distractions. I don't know about Prairie View, but it's just it's just so much stuff going on at all times. Mm-hmm. And of course, <laughs> right, especially if it's your first semester and you just looking around and you know everybody is cute and young and just it's just some people forget that their priority is supposed to be the classroom and they had to learn the hard way. So that's good that you didn't have to go through that battle because some of your colleagues you know okay right (laughs) it's definitely a balance like you 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 have to find balance because um like you have to to take care of business number one 
because there is a lot of distractions. Going to HBCU, there's always something going on. There's always an event. But you got to keep that in mind because since it's always going to be there, you don't have to go every single time, you know. I mean, I definitely got to still have fun. I got to still engage. But there were a lot of things I had to miss out on, too, um, just because there were other things I had to prioritize. So, you know, you can find a balance, and you can still have fun and still have a really good experience. Awesome. This is good. I'm liking what I'm hearing. I love to see a young person who has their head on straight and I'm surrounded by them. You know how you discover something, you're like, I never knew I needed that. Um, before <laughs> I started becoming an advisor, because you know how you just have these pretenses, oh, only person that could really teach me something is an elder. What, boy, was I wrong, because they teach me something every day, and I'm humbled by just being around such black excellence. And like I was telling you, everybody's story is different, right? So so their triumphs, some had more hills to climb than others. Some of them are rich. Some of them just don't have fathers. It's just, you know, and I don't just hear it, right? I take it on. I said, God, once they leave me, I might need a little minute, right? Because some of, some of the situations are sad. Right. But... But that's the other thing, to be careful not to treat. And you before you become a doctor, and I think you have, you're going to have a good, um, um, like a bedside manner. But never treat your patients or clients or whatever like numbers. Treat them as individuals, and that's going to make all the difference. I just want to impart that piece of wisdom to you um, before you get get to, um, leave residency, right? Right, because you just um, never know. Yeah, and so what kind of doctor are you wanting to be? So right now, um, I'm primarily leaning toward primary care. You know, I really like family medicine. I really like primary care and just kind of um, being, like, on the front lines, you know, helping bridge that gap between um, underserved communities and how they kind of look at health care and improving access. Um, so that's kind of like what I'm leaning towards so far in my career. Okay, good, good. So you don't want a special specialty? I mean, we'll see. I mean, I've always, I've also kind of been interested in dermatology, um, specifically in the hair loss type of stuff, like with black women. Mm-hmm. Originally, it's funny. Like in high school, I originally wanted to have my own hair care line and stuff like that. So <laughs> I've always kind of been interested in that sort of thing as well. But my interests have kind of led me down a path of primary care. So we'll see. Whatever my calling is, you know. I'm going to just say this to you, too. The the careers that you um, are choosing are all lucrative, especially, like, when I think of the people who have started hair care products, millionaires, not all of them, but the ones who go far, right? Doctor, of course, is one of the most well-respected lucrative careers. Yeah, okay. Good for you. Good. You you want you was not coming to play. Um so with regard to like housing, I'm guessing you didn't have too much trouble when you were uh, at Prairie View because because of the fact you were an athlete. Do I have that correct? Well <laughs> I wish I wish. <laughs> Um, you know, I think I, 
the housing, I will say for the athletes, it it, it kind of didn't matter. Like we still we were treated the same as everybody else. So, you know, we didn't really get any like honestly, we really didn't get any special sort of privileges or anything like that. It's almost like nobody really cared if you were athlete or not. But yeah, so housing, I mean, it's funny because when I first got there, when I first got to Prairie View, because I came halfway through in the spring, I didn't have nothing. Actually, they didn't even accept me at first into the school. And I was like, well, I'm I'm really committed to play soccer here. Like, they had messed up some paperwork. It was a whole mess. I didn't have any housing. I didn't have any schedule. I just had myself on campus at first. And so I did have to kind of fight to get housing when I first got there. But I, I eventually got settled. Um, and then I actually ended up living off campus because of dealing with the housing miss, the housing craziness. So, yeah, unfortunately. You know, Reagan, they say um, there's no way you can spend four years at an HBCU and be the same person that you were going in as you are coming out just because of how you have to advocate and follow up and, and keep your documents mm-hmm. and school and say somebody did tell me this. And it's just that you – and some of this is you have to um, do, do it as you go along, you know, and you fighting for yourself. And some, peop- some, some people aren't as nice as others on the administration side, and you having to go through that. And some of the instructors, they say, oh, this is my side hustle. Um, I don't have to do this. And so they don't give it their all to the, to the classroom. I mean, it's, it's all types of things that you guys are facing. I see, and I, just, I feel so, you know, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> feel mm-hmm. bad. It's, and and when I first um, started in my uh, college career, one of the students came to me, and he had he was majoring in oh my gosh, Reagan, he was majoring in sociology, and one of the advisors told him, and this was not at Howard, this was somewhere else. I said, if you get a degree in that, the only place you'll be able to work is a cheesecake factory. And I, I was oh, laughing, no. but I was just like, why would she said Miss Bessie her be so bad? Oh, no. That to you, but these types of things that just make you, it's, I'm going to tell you this, some of the instructors' viewpoint is, oh, we're doing this to prepare them for the world. We have to ready. Everybody is not going to be nice to them and coddle them, and I'm going to be rough. That's some of their perspectives, right? They do it on purpose. I'm like, that. that's not cool. It's, but mm-hmm. I digress, right? <laughs> You know, it happens, and, I mean, it, it feels good to talk about it because, you know, you're not really supposed to talk about the negative things publicly because, you know, like, you don't want to talk neg- negatively about your school, but there are issues that, you know, we have to deal with that you don't have to deal with to other places. And so it's like, okay, like, yeah, let's talk about these things because if we don't talk about it, how are we going to improve, you know? Hmm. Mm, okay. Great segue. Good, 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 good. All right. So I got a um one young man who just left from Howard. Now he's at a PWI for grad school. And I said, "What is the major difference?" He said, "Ms. Best and Howard, you guys genuinely cared about me." And mm-hmm. it's it's a there is not the same amount of like connection. We'll say as there was at Howard. I didn't feel that um, one-on-one, you know, care 
did I do say it's cool and everything? And then the the relatability part as well. So if you wear your hair in the afro, oh, can I touch it? You don't go through that at an HBCU right. as, where someone else and they're treating you like you're, they're objectifying you, to be honest. So when he told me that, I, I was like, wow. He said, it's not bad. And then, of course, whether you know it or not, sometimes you're, um, it's the, the the prejudices, right? Right. So, but he's smart because he's getting his experience from every place. That's going to make him such a well-rounded gentleman. I'm like, you were, you were very smart for doing that in the first place. And all free rides, boy. <laughs> so, yeah, that's 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 the main thing. That's the main thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, if you can mix it up and, and get a little bit of experience with this place and a little bit of that place, you really will be more prepared for the world because you will be able to go to corporate. You'll be able to go to a, um, a, a black-owned business and, and navigate successfully because you've done it and, in, 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 you know, as you were um, going through school. Right, right. And it is so important to get different types of experiences because, like you said, like in the world, you're going to be working with all different types of people. And, you know, I am lucky lucky to have been able to attend both a PWI and an HBCU. Um, and even though I started at a PWI, I'm still glad for that experience that I had. Um, and I definitely feel him about the, you know, kind of not as personable and whatnot, because that's the whole reason why I transferred, because I just felt like, I was not connecting with anybody. I didn't seem, I didn't, it was hard for me to get mentors. It was hard for me to, you know, be, be around people that look like me. Um, but it was still a good experience because I got to learn how to navigate a different type of environment and then go into Prairie View. Um, that was actually the first time I've even been in an environment where it was all black people. Um, cause my whole life I've been kind of in, um, mostly predominantly white areas. And so going to Pearview was my first time being exposed to an environment with all black people. And so um, I'm glad I got to have that experience, especially like it's, it's kind of a once in a lifetime type of thing. Like, I don't really, I don't really know like if the HPCU experience can be replicated like anywhere else. So I'm definitely glad I got to, you know, have that. Oh, Raymond. Okay. Yeah. A lot of students, and see, I grew up in D.C., right, and, and around us my whole life. So when I hear somebody like yourself say, this is my first time being around mm-hmm. just my kind, I'm like, really? Really? Yeah. Um, cause I don't, and I love hearing the stories because they're so very, um, wow. But I'll, I'll tell you this. There is a preparedness in in the students who did grow up around uh, mostly white people. They they it's like they learn something from them, right? That I, I see the I see the delineation. I'll just say that like they come very ready. They come mm-hmm. and know how to find loopholes and stuff. And I'm like, what? Oh, I I I know why. You know. <laughs> They just start, start laughing at me because I, I know why. Because you had to have been influenced and, and observed something along the way. Because they, they just are, they just operate differently than we do. And it has everything to do with the events leading up to now. But it's, it's the truth, Reagan. Well, what say you? 
I mean, for me, like, I felt I def- I felt the need to be kind of perfect, you know, like, in the environments, all the all-white environments, they already had this expectation of me. And I actually had to fight really hard to even get to the places that I deserved. I remember going to high school. I transferred, I transferred from a very affluent high school to um, a high school in Texas, and they automatically mm-hmm. put me in level classes without even considering, like, the level that I was already at. And my mom had to literally email the superintendent just so I could be in the higher-level courses, and they still were telling me that it they thought it, was, it would be too much for me. And that, that, that's kind of what I've experienced my whole life is people telling me something's going to be too hard, something, you know, is going to take too long, um, and, and also ready for me to fail. Like, it, ready for me, as soon as I fail, they're ready to be like, yeah, like, we knew you couldn't do it. And so because of that, I always had to be perfect. Uh, I remember one time I, I literally got accused of cheating on a test because I – perform like one of the best in the class and they thought I the professor the teacher thought I cheated on the test that was the only explanation um and so that that's kind of like why I had to be wired that way and also they also kind of it makes you they make the black people be pitted against each other as well and so it's also competitive within your own race because they try to make you feel like oh there there's not enough room for every black person and so even within the black community um it's it's competitive and so um that's that's kind of what i had to deal with in middle school and high school leading up to college wow so there were like i I guess a handful of um fellow african-american students and they were trying to pit you all against one another Mhm. I mean, yeah. If there were any black students, it it would be yeah, maybe like five, like five to eight. I was usually always the only black person in a class. Um, but out of like the whole school, it would be like, you know, not that many. And the ones that were there, um, it, it didn't feel like it was enough room for everybody. And so, you know, it, it wasn't. It made it hard for us to even band together. Did you feel like once you were around just African-American people that there was a part of you that was able to let your hair down or just be who you are? Not that you never were who you are, but because of the relatability of people whose skin look like yours. Did you did you feel that once you got there? Yes. I mean, it was, it was honestly like a, kind of like a culture shock because it was just so different. I'm like, wow, like I'm walking into a room and everybody looks like me. So nobody's like already looking at me and wondering if I'm smart or not smart or judging me just off of the way I look. Um, and you get to kind of be an individual. You don't have to represent a whole race, you know, you get to mm-hmm. just be, yourself um and it's actually kind of funny because i feel like some pe- some people probably thought i was doing too much you know because i'm i'm kind of wired a certain way already and so i'm used to like getting there early like being on time and um <laughs> being prepared like just because like i said before like you have to just do those things because people are, are already watching you to see what you're going to do so at accu like you know the professors are coming in late you know it's kind of a little bit more chill and so everybody's just like, you can, like, chill out a little bit, you know? So it was definitely definitely a, 
different experience. Oh, I don't doubt it. You know, that that portion where you just spoke on, you felt like you had to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, see that so much. And the way that um, I see it had to have to be disguised, right, like I have it all together. What that must mm-hmm. do, I mean, what, what I've seen it do to where they need, I need to take them to another room so that they can just let out the tears. This is too much. It's too much. And let me let me mm-hmm. wipe these tears so nobody sees a trace that I, this happened. Because I have to uphold this. And, uh, it, it, it's just so, it's just, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. But this, mm-hmm. I, so Reagan, as a pro and a con, but on the other side of that, you can put them up against anybody, anybody black, white, wrong, and they will they on par with anybody you want me. But that stuff comes at a cost sometimes. Right. It's definitely hard on you like mentally and physically because you feel like you feel like you can't make mistakes and any mistake can kind of feel detrimental, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, some of it is just heartbreaking, but um but again, the upside to it, yeah, they well put together, polished, can talk. You, I mean, talk through any situation, any, any, any. Just the the brilliance that you under. Some of them have the intelligence of like elders, but you know. And then you being an athlete on top of that, I yeah. <laughs> Kudos, you made a Lord to see the gods of steps and bless you. You know, cause, yeah, and you being a female, so. Yes, yeah, yes. You picking up what I'm putting down. Um, you was able to navigate that with success is a, is a very beautiful thing. Now, were you able to um meet a lot of friends that you're going to stay connected to, or are you just kind of moving on that as you graduated? Man, um, you know, I one of the most valuable things that I gained from Prairie View was my network, like. I just wouldn't have been able to get this anywhere else. Like, I've met lifelong friends, lifelong mentors. Like, it's actually insane. And so even after graduating, like, just still having connections, with, like, genuine connections, you know. So, yes, like, 100%, I've definitely gained um, so much, so much and so many friends from, college I met my boyfriend there and we're still together he's in medical school right now um and then two of my other friends that are also going into healthcare, and um and I still like I I literally can still call like some of my professors anytime like I just talked to one of them like last week after I took my MCAT you know calling them texting them like whenever I need them so it's, it's definitely a wonderful thing Yes, and Reagan, I just I want you to give some advice to somebody who's an incoming freshman. But just to your point, students, when you come to college, you're paying for that network in addition to the academics, because that mm-hmm. network, as you mentioned, is is invaluable, especially at these HBCUs with all of these connected people, people who've been where you're trying to go are all over the place. So make sure that you talk to them. Go to their office hours. Like you said, have them be your mentors. I have this phrase, um, have a mentor, then be one, right? And mm-hmm. one of the thank you over your resume as well as your, like, your bio because I was able to see 
all that you were able to do. It seems like you're already paying it forward because it looks like you've been doing some tutoring and just helping out those who are coming after you based on your resume. So I want you to talk more about what you've done to, to pay it forward in general. Yeah, you know, I think it's super important to give back because, like, I've had so many people help me, like, the reason why I am today, where I am today is because of the people that helped me along the way. And so it's only natural to help other people. Um, so, yeah, I became a tutor at Prairie View during my junior and senior year because, you know, I, I did have a chance to have a good foundation in the sciences and really, really like it and also be able to explain it to other people. Um, and so... I started tutoring so that I could help out my classmates, you know, who maybe did struggle a little bit more or didn't have the foundation that I have um, because, you know, like every not everybody gets to have that. You know, there's different levels um, of academics and schools that people went to and all kinds of stuff. Like you just never know. I mean, and also people just go through different things in life. Um, and so since I have the capability, like I'm 100% help out everybody else and, um, most of the time, like, I was able to show, I was like to show people that science, like, isn't as scary as it looks, you know. I think that science is really fun, and then, and once you break it down, it can be really simple, and so most of the time, like, once I show people, like, you know, like, let's let's just throw away the textbook for a second and just put it into simple terms, you know. Most of the time, like, the stuff that they're talking about in class is just, like, too complicated, like, I'm like, this is the way I do it, and I love seeing people be like, oh, my gosh, like, that makes so much sense, because I'm a visual learner. Like, I do not learn through textbooks. Like, I cannot, I cannot do that. I'm a very visual learner, um, and so I completely understand just kind of feeling lost in class, looking at stuff, thinking it's scary. Um, that's a big reason why I became a tutor, um, and then – for sports, you know, I've been playing soccer since I was six years old, and I, man, sports is such a big part of my life, and I think sports teaches you so much about life, um, and so part of what I do is I start to, like, mentor and coach the youth, so I really try to help people out, like, when they're young, especially getting more black black girls, like, in soccer, that's when I, one of my yeah. big things, but I also want to teach them young that they don't have to limit themselves, you know, like you can do whatever you want in life. Like I know, I know that I'm a role model. Like I know what it, what it's like kind of seeing a black girl playing at the college level, also being a pre-med, like, you know, and so I, I like to be a good example and just show them like, you know, you can, you can do whatever you want in life. Like I, I also stress to them to have good grades, you know, to be well-rounded, be involved in other things. Like, and also just how much, how how the skills that you learn in sports are transferable, you know. You can take what you learn in sports and apply it to anything. And so, yeah, I love I love getting involved with the kids, getting them involved young because it's, it's something that probably truly changed my life, you know, getting into sports um, at that age. I like that you said sports teaches you so much about life and that you can take the things that you learn from sports. And try and use them in any area of life, right? So, can you talk more about that? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I think like so. I started soccer when I was six, and I ran track when I was ten. Um, so, I think some of the most important things I learned from sports young was 
number one was just failure. Like you learn about failure at a young age, which is hard, but it's important because through life, like you're going to fail, you're going to make mistakes. But one of the most important things is learning how to handle that and learning how to move on. Um, like you can't be too down about things for too long. Like I remember, I remember so clearly losing my like first track meet. Like everybody else was to stay, and I didn't make it, and I was so distraught. I was crying. Like I felt like the world was ending. But you know what? Like I got back up that off season. I trained so hard, and I came back that next season, and I went to state. I went to regionals. I went to nationals. Um, you know, and so <laughs> I was not feeling it. I was not feeling it. You know, but it's, I think it's so good at a young age to experience these emotions because you're gonna face things like that throughout life like all I like it just about problems you know so it's really good to start learning how to handle problems when you're young and not just give up you know one of my parents like they never let me give up on things and so um that's a big thing but also just I think the logistics of, of sports like being on a team learning how to be prepared showing up on time like those are just essential skills that you just need, you know, like teamwork, like uh, from a young age, you learn how to be on a team with people that you might not all like, you know, you have to learn how to follow instructions, um, you know, like, so it, you get that practice kind of daily, you get to do that, like for years. And so that's, I feel like I'm very well conditioned to tackle something like going to medical school and being a pre-med, because of all the skills that I, I started learning all the skills that I need from a young age. Um, so now it's second nature, like, but it's not like that for everybody. Like, you know, some, even things like showing up on time or just simply responding to people, um, learning how to communicate, that's not something that everybody knows how to do. So, you know, I think that sports is just a really good way to naturally learn these skills. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you for elaborating on that because I, you, when you said, I said, oh, we got to talk about And you were a D1 or are a D1 player. So, I, you know, that's that's really commendable. That's that's amazing. Thank you. The, yeah, you, yeah, that, you know, and we have to, you know, you got to smell the roses, Reagan, because you still, how old are you? I'm 22. All right, so you're going through, so you're still young, and you're about to go into medical school, but I just, I'm doting on you so much because we need it. So this this thing, oh, black women, all they do is hate on each other and be catty, and that narrative needs to change. I don't like it. I don't endorse it. We got to change that. So from being overly, um, like, you know, pandering is, is for a reason because all black women are not like that, one. And two, that has not been my experience. And so right. second, with regard to that, as you live, because it's probably about to move a little fast. Life just moves fast in the first place. But don't forget to smell the roses as you go on. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the, the Getting to the journey is more fun than the end of the journey. So enjoy it. Enjoy your ride. Seriously. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I always say it's about the process and not the product. You know, like right now, this is like what what I want in the future. I'm building right now. You know, and it, and it took me a while to get there. Like, especially the the pre med process can just be so 
it can be so long and it can really, really tear you down, you know, um, like, and there can be a lot of changes and things that you might feel like, man, like, why is this happening to me? But, you know, what I've learned is that everything happens for a reason. And some of the toughest times that I went through, like, were actually preparing me for something down the line, you know, so the process is just so important, even when you are in the storm, you know, it, it's so important to just trust that everything happens for a reason. And when you were going through some of the times that were tougher than others, and you were pretty much like on the brink of like, oh, I'm at, I'm, I'm almost at my maximum. What carried you through to to bring you to this point? You know, that's that's a tough question because, I mean, honestly, I think it just kind of sums up to an internal drive, like kind of going back to that feeling I've always had of like, you know what, like I can't quit, I can't give up. I got to just show up and keep putting one foot in front of the other. Um, You know, I definitely, I think my toughest year probably was my junior year of college. Like, man, I really struggled. That year I had found out that my grandma got diagnosed with stage four cancer. Um, And I was also like, I was in season for soccer. I was taking hard classes. And also this was the year I was supposed to be trying to, um, like take my MCAT and prepare for applying to medical school because I, I originally I wasn't planning on taking gap years and so all this is kind of happening at the same time um, and unfortunately she lost her battle after eight months she passed and it really really took a toll on me because like she was kind of like a second mom to me so um, you know it kind of really like shook my world up especially because she was such a big supporter of me my journey like literally seeing me the day I was born, you know, and I got to be with her the day she passed. Um, and so, you know, that definitely shook me to my core. And I feel like for, there was like an eight-month period where I feel like I cried like every single day. Um, getting through that semester was, man, it was probably one of the hardest things in my life. Like, I really don't know how I got through it, but all I remember was just mm. kind of like, you know, I was kind of in survival mode, like, let me just, you know, turn in this work, let me just, you know, try to keep up and do what I'm told and just try to get through it, you know, and I, I somehow did, you know, I got to the semester, I think I got, like, I got, like, four A's and two B's, you know, but honestly, like, I was just glad I got through it, um, and then the following summer, like, I was just trying my best to just, you know, like I said, just wake up every day and, try to just keep going, but sometimes, like, you just in survival mode for real, you know? In survival mode, yes. That's the phrase that pays. And your grandmother, again, she's still with you. She's still with you, and she, I mean, she's still with you. And what tenacity that that must have taken to get through that. With, with those grades, look like you was unscathed. Very good. Like, and that's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm talking about, because some people um, don't realize how we have first wins, second wins. We got so much. Ben Carson said we only use like 10% of our brain in the first place. So you got to really dig. This is what you were doing. You were digging deep down inside. What The other, the stuff that we don't even use, we tapping into because it's there. That's what carried right. you through. You know, ancestors, the Lord, first and foremost, it was God. And then you have a natural um, just strength about you in the first place and so you 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 got through it 
and somebody looked at that transcript, they would have said, wow, she must have had it easy, you know? Right. Little do they know. Yeah, you never know. You never know what somebody's going through. Yep. Yep. So you, it it will it will pay to be kind, right? Yeah. So, do you plan to right after medical school and after you know they you you become doctor, Doctor Scott? (laughs) You you want a family? You want children? Yes. Um. Of course. I mean, I. I have a big family, so I'm the oldest of four, um, and so I definitely see myself having a family at least probably like three. Um, and right now, my boyfriend he's in medical school right now, so we are we gonna try to have these the two doctors, two doctors. We'll see how that goes. Um, you know, a lot of school, a lot of debt, <laughs> but yes, you know, definitely, definitely in the cards. Not right now though, but eventually. <laughs> Yeah, two doctors. Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, the part of the reason I asked that is because of the sacrifice that it'll be of you. Um, that job is all encompassing, and and with both of y'all, yeah. Where's, where's your mother? Where's your father? Where's your support system? And hopefully he has one too, because yeah, that's gonna take um a, y'all out a the village. household. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's gonna take a village. So. Tell mama now, mama, when, when I pop out Reagan Jr., you know, can you help me? She'll <laughs> <laughs> be ready. She'll be ready. That's so good. That's good. Because um, I was reading Shonda Rhimes' book, and they were saying, because she has a family as well, and it's like, how do you do it all? How do you be at practice and write all of these shows? She said, I don't do it all. I can't do it all. You have to miss something if you're that busy. You have to miss something. You have to sacrifice something. And I, I never forgot that. I said, that. So just, again, Reagan, the way that you've been balancing life, it's going to be on a continuum if you want a family, or I say since you want a family. But you got it. Right. You got to continue on your path. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping, like, you know, whatever I'm going through now, I'm hoping if I'll be prepared when the time comes. Now, HU28 is about to start school in the fall. And what what do you want to tell them? Man. Or or just anybody who's is the class of twenty twenty eight, not just H U twenty eight, but any college student that's gonna be coming in the in the college this fall. I would just say, you know, enjoy it. Like this is a once in a lifetime experience you know after college things change things change drastically so just enjoy everything college has to offer like talk to people like you know i i was really shy um and so for for the shy people like you're gonna have to work a little harder but please please talk to people get out you know join organizations meet mentors talk to your professors um Take advantage of the opportunities, internships, like do all of that, you know, like that's definitely what I would say. And, you know, if, and if you get a refund check, try to save some of it. Because <laughs> I sure did not. <laughs> Please tell them that, child, because I said, where, where's the money going? 
save some of it because when you get post grad, like there's no more refund checks, and we struggle it out here. So save some of your refund checks. <laughs> yeah, tell them because they 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 get that a couple thousand dollars in their hands, and they off to the thrift store, off to the party, off to the liquor store. I said, "What's doing in the liquor store?" Oh, I just turned twenty one. Oh my gosh, get out the liquor store. <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. please. Be responsible. Yes, this this has been an amazing, amazing hour with you. Um, you're a great young lady. Keep on your path. Thank you for giving us an hour of your time. Um, when I first got hired, they they wanted me to, to interview some college students, so I'm just doing my due diligence. And, um, you know, I would love to keep in touch with you to see your journey as it, as it continues to play out. Um Listen and don't and don't be hanging around knuckleheads. You hang whoever is in your circle now. Keep them and don't don't hang around knuckleheads because you are a product of your environment. And um, I just appreciate you to, um, today, Reagan. Okay. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Um, if there's anybody, any premeds um, or any other students that want to follow me, you can follow me at premed.ray on Instagram. I'd be happy to answer any questions for anybody. Um, who listened today, so. And also, um, <laughs> for the students in, in my just circle, if they need a pre-med student, since you said that, don't be surprised if you get some things in your, in your not your regular message, but your other, because they're not following you yet and asking questions. So, so thank you for um, even putting that out there. Thank you, Raven. Of course. All right, listeners, well, you've tuned into another episode of Intro to Info. We really hope that you took something away from the conversation and that you continually uh, check us out. We're on Saturday from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the J. King Network. We shall be back next week with more fun stuff. In the meantime, have a good evening. Thank you so much. Good night.